Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. This is Chewing It Over, 12.30, weekdays, here in your lunch break to chat about all things. And uh, as ever, anyone that, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I'm making note, who's helps me out telling me that the sound's working and the stream's live, etc. We're 30 episodes in, and so I assure you, I will get over this soon. But the more uh, of you that, that let me know uh, that things are working, the, the less of rambling like this I do every single show. So please do let me know if you can hear me loud and clear. Um, unfortunately, if you were to click buttons and likes or whatever it might be, wherever you're listening to this, I don't get that on here on the dashboard. A comment, posting an emoji even is, is, is how I can find out that you can hear me okay. Um, I need your help today. I'm absolutely torn on this topic. Uh, it is, uh, for those of you that, that didn't know, it's uh, National AHP Day, uh, Allied Health Professional Day. Um, Alistair, thanks a lot. First comment from LinkedIn. He's got me on there. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm properly torn and I need your assistance. I need to work out where, uh, where my opinion lies. Uh, well, I'll share a range of opinions. I, I will argue now as to about AHP day, about the title of AHP. Allied health professionals is what it, it stands for, for those that don't know. And I'm, uh, much like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think we were sort of saying about what it was World Physiotherapy Day, World PT Day, and what the utility of these days are is one thing. But there's two things. There's, there's the, whether or not National AHP Day is something that we should be celebrating and championing. But there's also then the relevance of the title AHP, Allied Health Professionals. Um, and the reason I say I need you is because I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn as to its utility, both as a day and as a title. Um, I think that it could be something that is of use in certain contexts, and I can understand its history and the reason for it existing. But I also find that it can be a, a term that can be unhelpful and misleading, and, and in some instances can really cut against forces for good. And so I end up in this really funny spot. And one of the reasons I'm in a funny spot is because what do I know? Um, I really... You know, I'm in a situation where I'm always seeking to expert opinion. And, uh, and in this instance, you know, where would an expert be in this particular thing? It can be just a matter of taste. However, in this instance, um, I see people across social media that I, that I love, that I like their thoughts on, that I know are thoughtful about these things, sometimes being sort of uh, frustrated or skeptical about the term or the day. And then others uh, that I similarly admire that are you know, suggesting um, that they are particularly proud to be an AHP and that's central to their identity. I see people that are um, suggesting that a day like this is when they feel especially extra proud and that they want to celebrate that and that it should be something that's upon all of us to celebrate being AHPs on a day like today. And so I end up in this really funny spot whereby uh, people that I admire, people that I like the thoughts of and, and really want to share, uh, often sharing their views, um, I end up in a really funny spot whereby they, they sort of split. So I'm definitely interested in your your thoughts. If you can post those in the comments, I'd love to get a discussion going around this. It doesn't have to be live, but after, after the fact, please give you feedback uh, as to whether or not this is of utility. Now, to some, some argue, uh, regardless of where I end up on this, it doesn't necessarily matter You know who sees these things. It sort of ends up being a bit of a circle jerk internally uh, within AHP circles or particularly amongst policymakers. That seems to be when it's popular. Um, but I think uh, it is something that is useful. I think professional identities matter. 
Um, I think that uh, the range of how how people are grouped matters. Um, people sometimes split things down too far and start talking about sort of specialists in particular body parts and, and kind of being too insular. And then you've got this sort of broader term of being sort of any healthcare professional, never mind allied health professionals. Just healthcare professionals might might be too vague for some, uh, or just a public sector worker sometimes is is, is used. Obviously, AHPs uh, I find as being really particularly interesting because a lot of the driving force behind the use of that term is what is then categorised under NHS England. Um, and the NHS health quangos, um, uh, what they're called now, arm's length bodies they're called now, um, that's a category that's especially relevant. And, and what qualifies or, dis- or isn't qualified for, for being an AHP is dictated by them. So does that mean that some, um, some people that, um, like myself at the moment, you know, although uh, uh, an NHS career uh, until recently, someone that works in the private sector, Am I a health? Am I an, an allied health professional? Arguably, yes. I think you know. I signed a register under the Healthcare Professions Council um, as a, as a what would be an AHP title. However, um, is it something that necessarily is as applicable when all the driving forces around it are are from the from the health quango? So I don't know. But I've just wanted to. One of the things that people bring up is that what qualifies and what doesn't qualify. I found this really pretty graphic. I think it was shared by Dave Rennie, who's the uh, lead physiotherapist at Leicester City Football Club. Someone again who I admire, and he was sort of um, celebrating AHP Day or what have you. And another another example of how I'm sort of torn on this. You know, someone who I really like and admire. But yeah, I think this is this is an interesting one because some some there that, that are unsurprising physiotherapists occupational therapists podiatrists so in an msk context you're looking at the top there odps probably less so msk but osteopath and then you've got things like drama therapist music therapist art therapist and you've not got sports therapist um and also why you know i understand a bit about these titles mainly through my, my wife being in pediatrics you know that these are these are titles that are more prevalent there than than they would be close to msk drama therapist music therapist art therapist why would they all be distinct terms um and distinct therapists under ahps um because they happen to do degrees under that really why are drama and music not under arts and, and the distinctions there are, are they super relevant now i'm not saying that they can't exist i'm just meaning that in this context you know how how is how important is that and you know what the, the omissions seem relevant you know when you think about it as being drama therapist music therapist art therapist but not sports therapist um seems interesting to me so these are the ones that qualify as allied health professionals and in this instance, um, one of the things that, that makes me wonder and why I'm so torn on this is because there's certain things that it's relevant for. And I think on a political level, it's why it exists. Um, but then there's certain areas where I just think it can be really frustrating, it can really frustrate progress. So let me give two key examples as to what, what my beliefs are on this. And, and definitely I'm interested in your thoughts as we go. But my first thing is that it, it kind of came about, as far as I'm aware, it basically means non-medics, non-nurses. And on a political level, I can understand a frustration that still exists, but certainly historically, for you know, doctors and nurses, are more doctors, more nurses is like a political talking point. And so you've got people that are wanting to then try and club together different, um, different professions in order to have a better sway, a better clout, and therefore be represented and, and even considered within numbers, within funding, that sort of thing. And so, and I totally understand why that might be useful. Now, unfortunately, as a title, it's fascinating because it's like, well, why 
<laughs> why wouldn't we not be allied to doctors and nurses, right? It's just, just it's sort of a separatist thing. Um, and why why are not are all healthcare professionals not allied healthcare professionals? You know, it's sort of offering that distinction um, and, and excluding uh, sometimes folk that we've got sometimes more in common with. And so I can't help but think that in, in MSK, I've got a lot more in common with a sports and exercise medic, an MSK doctor, especially a GP with special interests, for example, than I do with a, commu a community uh, nutritionist, uh, nutritionist, dietitian. A nutritionist probably not on that circle i didn't check but dietitian that's all, uh, what i was meaning or, or a speech and language therapist specializing in swallow uh, in a pediatric context you know i've got some good friends of mine in that space but um there's a lot less overlap between our work than there would be with non-allied health professionals uh, or nurses in ed for example you know so it's kind of in this situation whereby you know how how relevant is that in, in how much how much true camaraderie how much identity do we have in common there relative to those that aren't in the title and and so then you know the, but the as i said the central argument is that that it's a it's a political thing it's not a problem and if you think about it and this is what's fascinating because these people like michelle angus dave rennie jane cowley uh who else a few others that have posted today in celebration of ahp day that are clinicians who i, I know and admire angie logan for example you know people i really like and follow on twitter celebrating this and they got me to thinking that there may be something there that I'm missing. But outside of some of those names that predominantly I consider clinical voices, um, the majority of it comes from those that are managers of AHP. They're in policy. They're sort of in this situation where by being AHP, you then broaden your remit and broaden your influence, etc. Um, good friend of mine, Rachel Moses, AHP leader, she's now got as a title on Twitter and does a podcast in that space. And you can so understand it broadens the remit and some of the leadership principles that she's, she exudes, is, of course, are applicable across beyond her specialty of being a physiotherapist in respiratory. And so I can so understand it on that policy level. People speak like broadly, but it's something that the reason why I, I sometimes feel concerned for the title of AHP and therefore the celebration of AHP Day is that depending on who your leaders are within your AHPs is that it's something that is, in my opinion, beyond most of them to really keep an eye and understand as to what each discipline does uh, within that. You think about the subcategorizing, let's just use physiotherapy for an example or even within osteopathy as being uh, the MSK professions is that the disciplines within physiotherapy, it's, you know, that's a tough ask for anyone that's at the height of, of, of physiotherapy management, let's say, even within the NHS or elsewhere, to understand the differences between MSK, neuro, where the overlaps and distinctions, respiratory, community care, community could be any of those things, where does orthopedic start and where does MSK end, What, how does rehab uh, join those dots, uh, as we often argue on this show, but then where are the separations and that's just within physiotherapy and I've definitely not been exhaustive there because you've got pediatrics and then within pediatrics you've got MSK, neuro, orthopedics, of course all of the above just with children um, and it's something that that's complex and I'm not then suggesting but if you think about that times by whatever it is 14 and you then think about someone that has then, they, they, as far as I can tell, and this is what, you know, maybe there's just this, I always thought this, there's plenty of folks smarter than me. And therefore, it's just that maybe someone that's in charge of AHPs at whatever level, trust level, service level, national level, 
is going to then understand all of the disciplines that I've just described and the relevance of their day jobs and, and what that means and what they can offer society uh, to how that we can optimize their, their uh, ability to exert good on society. And then they're going to understand all the other things. They're going to understand the, the 10 different flavors of, of, of speech and language therapists. And they're going to understand exactly the difference between a podiatrist and a prosthetist and stuff like that, right? Um, and and that you know, these are that's it. There's folks smarter than me. Unfortunately, my my understanding and dalliance with uh, interacting with policymakers means that I just don't I don't encounter I don't encounter any of them, even those that have come from a OT and physiotherapy background that really comprehend an MSK day job or what the skill set is or or what we what we deal with with regards to um, understanding the complexities of integrating the evidence base into the day job and how that's changed over the last 10 years and and i'm not surprised you know why would they why would they you know it's like what 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 an incredible task you know you've got the actual mechanics of of, of leadership in that space and actually having to do the doing uh, and but then how could you keep an eye keep your finger so close to the pulse and understanding exactly what the u's and r's are in msk practice when when you've also got a community diet pediatric dietitian that you need to understand what their their job is and how they can best exert influence on society which can be often of a, of a major importance of course so that's one of the challenges I think about it is that you end up with this massive lump thing, which very few people from what I can gather really truly identify as, you know, they might identify at the top level with their professional identity. It's something that I sometimes struggle with personally is, uh, you know, how much, how much am I bothered about being a physiotherapist? I often say, you know, generally speaking, I, I identify as an MSK therapist, I suppose. Uh, but equally, I can so understand that as a physiotherapist and the shared training that I had, um, you know, my wife being a pediatric physio and she works with really poorly children and I work with quite well adults. And yet there's still a common thread that's underneath what we do, which I often describe as being rehabilitation. So you can understand that, but you don't see me. I really struggle to then extend beyond that unless I'm just sort of as a healthcare professional is part of my identity, I suppose. Yeah. Or someone who, someone who is trying to trying to help via by um by sort of care is something that is relevant and a distinction between me and an accountant or a surveyor or you know i get i get that there's a, a relevant distinction there but it's this in between identity that's fascinating there because an ahp is is not a doctor and a nurse and stuff of which would have been lumped into the healthcare professional and so i don't know i just i, I just find that to be a, a really interesting middle ground that i just find uncomfortable um so do i need to is it that if i just understood the politics of it more that i would suddenly be in favor of it because it's so politically pertinent i think i'd probably need to see some results from it i think that one of the things that's been frustrating is that ahp because it's because it's younger as a title as a category and all the levels of leadership that exist in the system that means that and the pandemic highlighted this is that you've just got so much more infrastructure and, and therefore ability to move quicker not always better but quicker um when it needs to react means that we would sometimes be better off tagging along with doctors and nurses uh, than, than trying to do our own thing. And uh, I heard from many, a uh, many, a uh, leader and, 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 and clinician of various different stripes that were then frustrated, particularly in and around springtime, early spring, when we were scrambling for the pandemic, it's just that, you know, AHP infrastructure is, is so, uh, so underdeveloped and, and even fraught with the challenges of, 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 distributed um distributed identities as i described it um that they weren't able to act particularly quickly and it would have been better off and many services locally just yeah tagged along to to nursing and, and doctor provisions etc because they were they were able to do that and so when you've got things like that going on 
where there's actually a detrimental effect for being for being separate and just being known under a title of not doctor or nurse, which is kind of a, a process of exclusion in many ways. Um, then that's that's something that makes me then feel like I need to be persuaded. I need something more powerful than just something to, to wave a flag around um, to, to make, be particularly bothered about the title. Now, then it comes to whether or not a day is, is a useful a useful thing. I've noticed a few uh, patient advocates that I like. Uh, Louise Twern, for example, is um, mentioning that she, you know, she'd never heard of the title AHP and now, now she has, and therefore she's understanding the links between different disciplines. So there may be something to be said for an AHP day um, celebrating these things and people then you know, pulling up this this wheel and starting to understand what constitutes an AHP or not. I think it will beg questions <laughs> that, that I was mentioning before about how people will wonder, well, why is that in there and that not? Um, you know, the, the art drama and music therapist, but not sports therapist is the classic example, or sports rehabber. Uh, why are osteopaths in there and not chiros? There are answers to these questions, by the way, certain thresholds in which people meet um, and, and what gets regulated under what. You know, these AHPs, some of them uh, AHP, uh, are HCPC registered professionals and others not. Um, and so it's just a, a fascinating uh, way in which these distinctions uh, play out. Um, but again, I think it's it's politics and therefore is it, it's not politics and me saying, oh, it's just bad because it's politics. It, it might be a smart and politically pertinent thing to do. But I'm just in a situation where I, st I still need persuading. So let me, uh, you know, please do uh, post your comments if you can offer something persuasive or give me your opinion. I really am interested. I really could do with your help in thinking about whether or not it's a, it's a term that means something to you. Um, and if so, you know, please do make, make the case for, for why I, I need to probably wave that flag and celebrate it and celebrate the title and celebrate the day. But also, if you're someone who's sort of skeptical that this is of any utility, then also please do let me know. It'd be really useful for us to understand that and, and, and keep the conversation going um, because I do find it to be fascinating. Now, professional identity is something that has been uh, that has been well studied uh, you know we've got some decent work that's been done there decent thinking decent philosophy decent sociology um for example uh, there's some really good work that's provoked i think by the first contact practitioner type movement um and i definitely would be interested in, uh, in in sharing some of that with you over the course of the coming weeks which um, for example, Rob Goodwin's PhD, uh, who's an ex-colleague of mine from Nottingham, he did his PhD in first contact. And in that, he, he's sort of a um, realist review, so some decent sociological analyses within that that, um, that, that tease out the, you know, the, the professional identity issues that re relate to that with regards to what it means to be a physiotherapist, a pharmacist, a, a doctor, um, whether or not there's... Um, protectionism that can occur in those instances whereby it can be um, a help or a hindrance um, the professional identity how fluid are they how, how threatened do people get when they're encroached on by what he perceives as being their professional turf by other professions or other professionals or how that can happen internally within different disciplines and sex within it it's really fascinating stuff and it's not the only way it's just an example of what i've come across it more recently but there's definitely lots of work um, in the nursing literature uh, around uh, advanced practice, um, emergency department practitioners and stuff like that, that, that was uh, really valuable. So there's definitely stuff around professional identity that gets talked about. And then, but I just would love for that to, to go further. I mean, I don't know if it's priority research, if I'm honest, but if someone was to sort of be doing that work, 
I'd love to know how many people identify strongly. I don't just mean know themselves to be an AHP, but it's more that who identifies strongly enough for it to be of some major relevance. Um, and that that's something that they'd like to, to uh, discuss and understand more. So yeah, please do, please do let me know as to what your thoughts are on, on this topic. Um, as I say, so fraught with not just because of my own internal conflicts as to whether or not I think it's important or not, uh, but also just, I'd be fascinated to know as to whether or not um, it's something that is of, of utility. It's not just about what I, what I feel like, that there might be some real practical reason that it's something that I, I just never get my head around, whether it's useful or, or important. It's more to do with um, the practical utility of it, and that might be persuasive enough. Well, it might be that, well, it doesn't need to have utility or something tangible that it's made a difference to, but it's something that's just comradely. It's something that's good for us to just sort of uh, band together because sometimes we're otherwise isolated. One of the things that I got as feedback, um, which was fascinating, was that a prosthetist and a, uh, an art therapist got in touch with me um, to make a case for the fact that on the plus side, and they both sort of said similar sorts of things, which was that on the plus side, You've got uh, the fact that all uh, of otherwise sense of national representation under when, when they are appropriately lumped with professions such as physiotherapy, occupational therapy, etc. But then they, they also said that the, the downside is that, that that hasn't necessarily led to them and their role being understood any further. Um, sometimes they then get lost. At least they had this individual identity that was niche, that was difficult to get cut through. But it's not as if then being represented more broadly, it sort of seems to have watered down their identity somewhat, um, especially in those smaller professions. And so there's, there was like a pro and con came through that example, um, which I found fascinating. And I can so understand it. And there is a, I come at this as a, a someone who qualified as a physiotherapist that's then specialized in MSK, as I've mentioned before, someone that identifies much more closely with a, a sort of doctor that, that does a similar job to me than, than would do a pediatric community dietitian, speech and language therapist who are specializing on, on, on swallow. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of commonalities I could find with, with those people as healthcare professionals, but the allied piece does exclude doctors and nurses, and, and that's that's something that is relevant. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely fascinated in all the all the oohs and ahs uh, that kind of come from that. Now I've got some um, there's some uh, comments coming in here, and uh, and thank you, Joe Turner, guest on the show last Friday. Do tune into that; it was fantastic. Joe said she's a bit at the end of a limb on this, but on a personal level, I find any title constructing. However. I appreciate other people need to know what my skill base, my base skill set is. Um, yeah, I, I wonder what she meant by constricting. Constricting is what she's then clarified. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And thanks, Joe, for that. Labels, titles, um, some people more comfortable with it than others. Some people identify with a label and then the categories, uh, the category parameters of that label. And that don't need to be just professional identity, right? You know, if people say, what are your politics? You know, do you identify by a philosophy, a party, a, um, an idea, uh, something that you're passionate about, you know, where it's something that's uh, an issue. You know, people say my politics are very green would be an example of that, something that I've used before. You know, in that it wouldn't necessarily be party political. But then similarly, if you could be restricted or constricted by a title uh, such as that. And that's um, that's something that's really interesting. Uh, Kath Piper has said that although I know I am an AHP, I feel 
a healthcare professional, a HCP rather than AHP. And Kath, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, that's how I feel. I, I, if you go that step beyond physio, like I can, I can comprehend the relevance of me being a physiotherapist by qualification, by what I sign my ne name against the health professions register against, right? Physiotherapist. I've said before about that being fraught with challenges in the sense that I don't think that that's a specially relevant identity relative to being in an MSK. I think it's more specifically relevant that. However, if I go one step beyond physiotherapist, I can't help but just be a healthcare professional. I think that that's something that the identity that I can have with anyone that else works in, in healthcare um, from nurses to support workers in care homes and stuff like that it just seems that I can get that level um, and I can even get that level politically but yeah allied health professional I just find it to be to be interested uh, for sure um, and so and as Kath said and a few people said this on Twitter allied to what what, what on earth is allied well I think what, what as soon as they use the term allied and then they exclude people like doctors it's like why are they not our allies um, and then also people on Twitter were saying that the only people that they're bothered about being allied to are their patients uh, and then potentially shoulder to shoulder with any other healthcare professional that's doing their best for patients. But also you'd be allied to your patients, to their carers, to anyone else that's surrounding their care and the importance of any of them is going to be going to be uh, made relevant. So um, I think that's what that's what I definitely would uh, would want to try and work out is is that when we go higher. Um, to these bigger umbrellas um, within allied health professional versus healthcare professional. How much does it matter? That's one thing. You know, we're splitting hairs. But I would say if there's an AHP day and there's a load of hand ringing and no doubt a lot of time, and as soon as this time from, uh, I would say, as soon as you see people that are paid a good salary, make, you know, spending a lot of time making noise on it, then it's it's money, right? So AH, National AHP Day costs the taxpayer certain amount of thousands of pounds right it just does and so is it of utility that's the sort of thing worth thinking about right it's not not people volunteering in their spare time uh spending a little bit of time almost as a bit of a charity endeavor to think that this is something worth attaching you know it's something that exists and as soon as it exists and as soon as it is spending a someone of any significant salary within the public sector is then spending time doing it now i'm not talking about your actual clinicians that are doing that i mean people that that are under under that guys that, that make that and create it right so is it worthwhile is that a, is it a useful use of taxpayer money is it useful use of time never mind the money it's like you know you've got some of the smartest minds in the world that are then using that as a, an opportunity to hand, rig, hand wave about about ahp day um i find that to be difficult and as you can see i'm just super skeptical however as i said at the start some of the some of the best and brightest some of the people i really respect their opinion on uh, they were they were championing it this morning and, and feeling like they were you know i am a proud ahp and today especially it makes me proud to be an ahp fair play like i'm, I'm definitely interested and i'd be love to no doubt tease some of those uh, some of those points out as well so if any of you feel that way then please do post in your comments but also you can join me on the show anytime and we can sort of get into this um i've got some good friends in that space and um, i'm going to try and reach out to them and understand what it means to do it. I mean, I think I've had, um, you know, people like uh, Naomi McVeigh, who um, 
is an AHP lead um, within the health quangos. I forget her exact title now, but just someone who I really admire and I've got a great a great relationship with over the years and have a lot in common with. But um, she, me and her have had that chat before. I remember at a Big R's event where we were discussing about the fact that it's like how, how important, and she was always making the case on a practical level. She was just saying it's politically pertinent for us to have representation so that the politicians can't just keep talking about amounts of doctors and nurses and not create in that AHP infrastructure and she made that case on a practical level and it was interesting it was somewhat persuasive but it never really carried on an identity level as to why that can't then be uh why it's something that is is you know because you're, you're trying to get people to identify as AHP is a different thing you know the practical politics of it's one thing but realistically how much do we need to then you know, use the the leverage of of then trying to to get everyone to sort of club together. Is that that's the thing that I find most interesting. So lots there, uh, lots to think about. Thank you so much for for joining me on this sort of, admittedly just blurting it out, me chewing it over. Some of you commenting, but also just me just sort of admitting to a bit of a, a bit of a fraught. Uh, thing where i've definitely not got a well-worked opinion on um and and something that i'm definitely open to change on so many thanks um you see when i love it when this happens i've got a comment here from kath piper that just says no and i don't know what she was saying no to i don't know if she was disagreeing with me or she was uh, i put out a hypothetical question maybe it was when i said uh, should there be a day for it should it matter and maybe she was saying no or she might just be saying no to my opinion i don't know i don't know and it doesn't matter and uh, she can disagree or agree with whatever she likes thank you so much and for those of you that have tuned in all this way, um, here is um, a, a bit of a leak. Um, you've seen this. You might have seen this go out on Twitter. Uh, this is the leak of the sessions for Therapy Live Sport. Um, and so, yeah, there's a rather exciting two rooms of education. Some of these are bound to clash, which is going to be challenging. Uh, but, yeah, just look at the absolute smorgasbord of goodness that we have at Therapy Live Sport on the 7th of November. I will post a link now in the comment section of wherever you might be finding this across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, is the link to the final thousand tickets to Therapy Live Sport on the 7th of November. Um, we've got 1,000 more tickets available, and then it's and then it's sold out, and it's absolute who's who uh, within the swim, bike, run disciplines and triathlon. We've got some top athletes that we're yet to announce that you won't find on that list, but the timetable will be out on Friday, and I imagine be very surprised if we're not sold out by the end of the weekend so do snap them up if you're coming it's free of charge 7th of november which is a saturday so please join us at therapy live sport and that's a thank you for those that have tolerated my wafflings about ahp day um but also we'll be mentioning that in, in coming weeks as well as having the guests uh, guests on this show to talk a little bit about their sessions at therapy live sport which is going to be exciting so many thanks and uh, all that is left for me to do is blare the sound out for our outro and I'll see you tomorrow, of which we have a major and intimidating guest on tomorrow. Matthew Scarsbrook's going to be joining me, and he says he wants to get stuck into the philosophy of touch, which intimidates the hell out of me. But well, I'll do my best to hold my own. Uh, but yeah, Matt's going to be joining me tomorrow, and it's going to be absolutely belting. So thanks a lot. Without further ado, I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>